Hello, we both ended with a little hair flip that we needed. How are you? I'm Emma. <laughs> I'm Cass. And I'm all right. And this is Honey Do Me Podcast, um, where we talk about all things sex, sex mm-hmm. education, feeling good in your body, confidence, relationships. And this very month, for the month of October, kink. Um, and we're obsessed. This is such a fun set of episodes, and that's our theme for the month. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's just so good. It it's is. just so good. But how are you, Emma? <laughs> you know what? I'm doing fine. Besides my uterus trying to expel itself right now with my cramps, mm. you know, she's fighting, but so am I. <laughs> so She's a fighter, but so are you. So am I. <laughs> Um, so I'm doing well. It's fall. I wish people on the other side of the screen could smell me right now. I got <laughs> a like, new. Why are you smelling your fist? I got a new lotion, and honestly, I turned myself on with it. It smells so fucking good. Um, so honestly, I'm on top of the world. I can't Just be stopped. Winning. I know. October's a fun month. It's a fun, mm. spooky. It's like you're not too deep into fall yet, so you're not looking towards winter you're just kind of living in the in the vibes and i'm here for it in the crisp fall air Mm -hmm. and those videos that people are doing of like the ghost trend with their dogs are viral (laughs) and so how can you not have a good day when you see a dog in a ghost costume depression who (laughs) depression anxiety where can't find her i've never met her in my life oh love I know. Love, love, love. And today we're talking about my favorite thing, which is talking. Um, <laughs> I love so talking meta. about talking. <laughs> I don't even know if I used meta right. I wasn't going to question you. That sounded good. What does that Thank mean? You. Um, I don't really know. I just know people use it when you're like, I don't know. When it's kind of like a thing and a when thing. When there's layers. Thing. So meta. <laughs> like a parfait or an onion. <laughs> Parfait. Have you seen that new um, Airbnb Shrek Swamp that you can stay at? Yes, you sent it to oh, me. Oh, I did, didn't I? <laughs> oh, I'm so good. It's like but I'm ahead of my own game. You could have just done that as a prompt for me to share that you shared it with me. Um, <laughs> Often, it. yes, it's it is quite the replica. It is quite the replica. I know, but that reminded me when you said onion. Yeah. Well, so, that's why I said parfait and onion because those are the two examples in Shrek. So. <laughs> And this is also a Shrek podcast. As much as it, this is also about, we're talking about Shrek. As much as it's about sex, it's also about DreamWorks production of Shrek one, two, and three. I was obsessed with Shrek growing up. Just obsessed. I would put on that soundtrack, specifically soundtrack. the more badass songs, and I would just By run Smash around Mouth. my living room. <laughs> no, not the Smash Mouth ones. Why, that's a good but one. like, I don't give a damn about my reputation. Oh, yeah, that's good. Um, didn't your wedding officiant love Shrek as well? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, you all, if you are an original listener of the podcast, know my wedding officiant. Ani Ferlisi was on the podcast very early. She is a beautiful, amazing witch, pleasure coach, all of the things, and also a lover of Shrek. Um Yes, Shrek's lover. but Shrek was not a part of my wedding <laughs> ceremony. God, I wish. Um, maybe when we renew our vows. <laughs> what if that was your walk back up the aisle song? Like, I don't give a damn about my reputation. That would have been good. That would be fabulous. That fucking smash would be so meta. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fuck ABBA. I should have done. <laughs> you should have done uh, Shrek soundtrack. Anything from Shrek. Anything from Shrek. I think a lot about um, the Shrek 2 soundtrack, actually. Hmm. Um, you know that song? It's like where they're they're on their honeymoon montage, and it's like, nah, all this love. I d- can't carry a tune to save my life, so you're not going to get it from that. But they mentioned strawberry ice cream in the song. 
Oh, you know, I, and I feel like I'm going to get burned for this, but I did not At the see stake. Shrek 2, or I haven't more than maybe once or half of a time. People love Shrek 2, though. I think Shrek 2 is better than Shrek 1. That's what I've heard about people who watch Shrek 2. So. I did know, watch but, Puss in Boots movie. That was good. I, I never saw that. It was you know good. That. You paid a lot of money to see that. I did not pay a lot of money to see that. Emma, you rented it for like $25. Yeah, that's true. I did. Rented. <laughs> not purchased. Rented. Well, my friends got the food, so it all balanced out. But yeah, it was a lot of money. Your friends bought something of value. <laughs> I bought a temporary good. <laughs> to be fair, I've never seen it, so it probably is a value that to somebody really good. somewhere. It had John Wayne um, in it. Surprise, surprise, though. We're not talking about Shrek or Ugh. Puss in Boots. <laughs> we could be referencing Puss in another way. Mm. Um, mm. We're talking about how to ask for rough sex, how to ask for those dirty little needs um, that you absolutely <laughs> deserve to have met. And we are talking with the one and only Stella Harris, who is just a newfound idol of ours. Mm -hmm. um, Stella is an intimacy educator, coach, and mediator. She's so cool, so fucking smart. It blows my mind mm -hmm. uh, and the author of two books one of which is tongue-tied untangling communication in sex kink and relationships and she's also the author of the ultimate guide to threesomes so just a woman after our own hearts mm -hmm. i feel like you described it perfectly asking for you. your dirty little needs and getting them met that's perfect yeah. um i think it's hard to ask for rough sex sometimes i know that i am someone who thoroughly enjoys a little rough play um, and a soft fuck is not for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> Except for a lot of the time. <laughs> Except for when I need to be loved tenderly. Um, I know my mom's listening. Sorry. <laughs> Hi, mama. <laughs> no, but it's, it's the balance between wanting gentle and wanting rough and knowing, being able to communicate when you want each so that you're getting what you need every single time. And that's what's hard for me in the past it's been like, oh, I like to be play around with like breath play and restraints. Mm -hmm. But then I feel like I've gotten that a lot of the time that I've had sex with that one person because I don't know how to communicate like, but I only need it at this time. Like, or please don't spit on me every time. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a real problem. <laughs> that really was at one point in my life. <laughs> That really was a conversation I had to have. <laughs> well, now you have the tools if you ever have to do it again. But I yeah. feel like it is hard to ask for something rough if you yeah. haven't done it a lot before, like mm -hmm. whether with that partner or in general. And then, yeah, it's hard to say not that way or that's too much or you were bad at that. Before you get irritated, too, because that's my problem mm. is that <clears throat> I expect mind readers and then when I don't get what I want, I get mean. <laughs> I get uh, so Ooh. mean. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to out myself right now. I just, I've been like doing stuff around the house a little bit. And I created a story in my head that made me irritated at my husband. Uh -huh. And then I started to move something and he came over to help me. And I'm like, don't <laughs> touch me. Because in my head, we've been fighting for an hour. For an hour. <laughs> And it's gotten gnarly. <laughs> and honestly, it's come to blows. It really has. Things have been said on both sides, mostly <laughs> his. <laughs> and I wasn't ready to talk yet in person or in my head. So, yeah. so. that's incredible. Um, anyway, so Stella will help us be able to do that externally. Yeah. And not, but we're not perfect. But we're not perfect. Stella is. We're not. Um, <laughs> but as you will soon see. So you will enjoy... And we'll see you on the other side. Yeah. Bye. We want to talk with you about communication, specifically communication in the bedroom and specifically when things get a little kinky <laughs> or we want things to get a little rougher. Um, but we'd love to start out with just a general idea of what you think are the essential components to good communication. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, a desire to have good communication, I think, is probably... The first piece there, um, and this is feedback I've gotten. That's a good one. <laughs> you know, from my book and from some of my classes is, you know, there's there's some people who 
who don't care, right? They don't care about communication or consent and and they are just up to no good. And you can't um, communicate your way out of that. Um, so I think mm-hmm. the first piece is sort of discernment of, is this actually a communication problem or is the other person not operating in good faith? Do they not have my best interests in mind? Um, cause there's no communication technique mm-hmm. that will fix that. Um, that is the biggest tip I think I've heard in two years <laughs> of talking about communication on this podcast, because that's so real. There's so many times that I've been in relationships where we try to work on communication, but no matter how exhausted I get from explaining myself, I feel like maybe the desire isn't there for both of us to evolve on either end. So then nothing Mm -hmm. changes. That's a great first tip. We could end it right now. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on today. (laughs) (laughs) So then I would say if the desire is there, that doesn't necessarily mean you're not having those exhausting conversations. So then I think the next piece is lack of communication doesn't usually mean lack of talking. So if you're saying the same thing over and over again, and the changes you're looking for aren't happening, it's often because the language is not being understood. You you both think you understand the words being used, but you mean them differently. So for example, you know, if somebody's doing something to you and you keep saying, you know, slower, 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 and you're getting upset because they're not doing it and they're getting upset because they're like, I am, what do you mean? But you mean, okay, you've gone from zero to 60 and I would like you to go down to maybe 10 miles an hour. And they're like, well, I went from 60 to 59 to 58 to 57. So no one's wrong. That is slower. Um, but slower is is a vague request sometimes. Um, so it's okay, well, that language isn't working. What, what do you mean by slower? Can you show them physically what you would like? Is there different language that would work here? Um, so something needs to dis- disrupt that system of continuing to use words or phrases that aren't doing the trick. I love those clarifying questions because that also makes me feel like when somebody does that to me, like they're really invested in what I want and they really care. Like what does slower mean to you? Because I want it to feel good to you. I really like that. Mm -hmm. I almost worry that while I'm frustrated in our misunderstanding, I'll come off like I'm asking it in a condescending way to them. Like, can you define what slower means to you? And I, I wouldn't want to. So how do you say it in a way that kind of, I don't know, asks them like to define where they're at without sounding like you're talking down to yeah, them? Yeah, well, because, you know, specifically in, in BDSM, that's where using things like a pain scale come in really handy, right? So if you're mm. sort of doing your check-in before you play, say you're going to do a spanking and you're saying like, okay, I want to calibrate, you know, let's, let's, you know, align our clocks basically. So I'm going to tap you kind of as soft as I possibly can and ask you where we're at. And you sort of keep doing that until you figure out where is there one, where is there two, where is there three? So you can figure out then, you know, where you're, how your spanking is going to work. Okay. My, my warm ups are going to be in the twos and threes. And then you can discuss like, where do we want this to top out? You're probably not topping it out at a 10. Maybe you're topping it out at like a seven. Right. And then maybe the majority of the spanking is happening in the, you know, four to five range. But you've done that calibration. So you both know what you mean. Because again, saying, you know, spank Mm. me softly is almost a meaningless request because that, you know, that it's just too open ended. You know, people even operating in good faith can have very different understandings of the word softly. Um, And so you can do that sort of calibration with anything that you're doing. And ideally, we get in the habit of doing these things before play. So we're not having the like, oh, I said, please be gentle. And then you weren't gentle. And now I'm frustrated. And now I'm having to say like, well, let me define gentle. Um, So ideally, you're having this as part of your negotiation and planning before play um, or sex or whatever you're doing. Um, and you know, if you've realized you sort of have a mismatch and you need to get out of it, I think it can be helpful to just say, you know, I think we're having a little bit of a mismatch or a little bit of a miscommunication. And I would love to just sort of start from scratch. Like, let's pretend we've never played together. 
let's sort of try to erase what we think we know about what the other person wants. And let's have some of these conversations from scratch. Because ideally, those conversations would be happening every time, no matter how long two people have been playing, because things change. They change day to day based on whether you're tired, you're hungry, you're cranky, you know, our pain tolerance and our preferences change dramatically. They change at different times of the month. They change at different phases of life. Um, so you never really just get to know a partner and then know what they want forever. You don't know your own body forever. They're, they are always changing. Mm -hmm. So if you make those check-ins just a regular part of your routine, um, it can help you not get to that point where you feel like you're sort of frustrated and having to re-explain yourself. Mm -hmm. I feel like there is this idea that in order for sex to be good, it should be effortless and it should just come super naturally. And Emma and I have had people in our DMs, not very nice people, talking about like what controlling <laughs> bitches we are for trying to like talk so much about sex and for trying to like break down every part of it. So how do you navigate like trying to maintain feeling sexy and the whole like experience feeling sexy while talking so much? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Well, I mean, for one thing, I always really <laughs> appreciate when those folks just come in strong, waving their red flags uh, before you get into the bedroom with them. Um, and I, you know, I get that. At least, you know, once per class, I get at least one talking ruins the mood person. And I have a couple of responses for that. And one, I think talking could ruin the mood if you know, the first date, there was not a lot of negotiation, you just went wherever the person wanted. You know, they don't ask before they cozy up to you on the walk home. They don't ask before they put their arm around you. They don't ask before they kiss you. You go upstairs together, clothes start coming off. You've never had a check-in. You've never had a conversation. And then like mid-penetration, you get out your clipboard and start itemizing everything you would like to have happen. I don't know if it would ruin the mood, but it would definitely change the mood. And I think that's sort of what people are imagining, this sort of very clinical thing mm -hmm. that comes out of the blue. But yeah. if you have said, you know, from the very first moment, like, hey, can I get into your personal space? And, you know, I would love to hold your hand. And would it be okay if I kissed you right now? And you're sort of checking in about every step. Then you've just set the precedent that there is check-ins and you care about consent and you care about the other person's pleasure. And then it's not weird if, you know, 50 steps later you say like, oh, I love it when you touch my nipples, but they're really sensitive. Could you do it a little softer? You know, because you've already just established that you're checking in and talking about everything. So it doesn't come out of mm -hmm. the blue like that. Um, Oh, and I had a whole second thought I wanted to say about that. Um, you know, the <laughs> other piece of sort of the talking ruins the mood piece is we have this fantasy, especially if we're looking back at like our more youthful dating or the beginning of a relationship that we're in now, and we misremember it because memory is absolutely not fact. So we think of like, oh, you know, when we were first dating and you'd, you know, you'd come over and, you know, dinner would burn because we couldn't even wait to get to the bedroom and the clothes just flew off and we did that, this and we did that. And it was just effortless. But what we're not remembering is, okay, I had a week to think about this date. It was on my calendar for a week and I cleaned my whole apartment and, you know, I spent two days, you know, doing whatever physical prep and I shaved all the things and I made the bed really well and the toys were laid out and, you know, you, you do all of this prep. And then 20 years later, you know, maybe there's kids and there's pets and there's jobs and there's stress and maybe there's health stuff and you don't have a week to plan for a date. It just doesn't work like that. So the the work becomes invisible in your memory. And you're like, oh, it was so effortless. It wasn't really. You just forgot the effort that you were putting into it. Mm -hmm. And if you no longer had to worry about, you know, a job or any grown-up responsibilities and could spend a week preparing for your next date night, it would seem effortless when that date night came around. It's just that other responsibilities come up. Um, but you can get some of that back by thinking, well, what does it take for me to feel like I'm in that mode? You know, do I know that I need to have whatever it is, you know, change the bedding that day? You know, does the, the dog need to be with a sitter? Whatever. Like, what do I need to do to feel like I'm in that space where I can let go? 
it like brought up a memory for me when you're talking about how work just mm -hmm. changes and it looks different. And I remember being with an old boyfriend and I'd want to talk about the things I wanted in bed or I wasn't getting from him. He was like, it just takes so much work now to like have sex or to have these moments. And it just, it felt, that felt mm -hmm. shitty because to me, I'm like, we've been working this whole time. The work just looks different now and it still needs to be done. <laughs> and yeah, without the desire to work on communication, it became like a very big pain point in our relationship yeah. for sure in our sex. Well, and sometimes people are in people pleaser mode early on and they're kind of in a little bit too much of endurance mode and then a little ways down the line and they're feeling more secure and they're like, you know what? I shouldn't have sex be uncomfortable every time I'm going to speak up about it. And again, if it's it's that same sort of, oh, if the talking came out of the blue, the other person's like, well, now you're telling me this? Like you just stopped liking what I was doing? And there's kind of no good answer there. Either you're saying like, oh, just out of the blue, I've stopped liking it. Or you're saying like, no, actually, I haven't liked sex for the last decade. And I'm just now telling you. And that conversation just sucks. But it it, it does still need to happen. So that's another big thing that feels like it catches people out of the blue is folks just get fed up with, you know, mediocrity. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips for people who are in that situation now? Like they're not at the beginning, so they can't start, you know, with like these fresh tips and go into it communicating in the way that they want to, but they are wanting to change things. Like, how do you start that process? How do you start that conversation with a partner that you've been doing the same thing with for 10 years? Yeah, I think it's really helpful, even if you're not starting the relationship, um, you can always start something new. Um, and I love using an external excuse. So, hey, I just heard this podcast and there's something I want to try. And hey, it's new to both of us. So maybe it's going to be a little awkward at first, but let's try this brand new thing together. Um, and that's also actually a really great way to introduce some kink. I often suggest something like rope bondage for this because unlike sex, which we all think we're supposed to be amazing at without ever having been taught, most people don't feel like they're just magically supposed to be amazing at rope bondage, right? That is definitely not taught in school. There's no like ego caught up in that generally because it's this brand new thing. And because of how much communication is involved in getting that right and doing it safely, you get to sort of fumble through it and have your awkward phase together and start having some of those conversations that you've never had before about your negotiations and how does your body bend and like, oh, do you like smooth or scratchy? And do you want this firm or soft? And you're having to do that all from scratch. And so it gives you an excuse to have those conversations from scratch, you know, five, 10 or 20 years into a relationship in a way that doesn't feel like saying everything up till now has been terrible. It's we're trying something brand new. And then hopefully some of those lessons and tools and some of that excitement ends up bleeding over into the rest of the things you're doing. Mm -hmm. It's like my favorite. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. you're good. I was just going to say my favorite tips about having good and stimulating conversations with partners, new or old, has been like coming from a place of genuine curiosity. And then that can always lead to bigger, newer conversations that you haven't had before in your relationships. It's just like – I don't know. It can go everywhere when you're curious about everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And curiosity is probably the best mindset with which to approach any of this. And it can be hard to get there, right? Because we mm -hmm. do have sort of like, oh, I'm invested in being a good lover. I'm invested in knowing what my partners want. And therefore, it feels difficult to ask questions or to admit that the way I'm doing it already isn't perfect. Mm -hmm. 
I really like your example of rope play because it feels like it does level the playing field and it gives a really safe opportunity to be a beginner. And then I think when we practice being vulnerable and being beginners, it's easier to then feel that way in other situations. And it doesn't feel so scary because it's like, oh, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing there. I also don't know what I'm doing here. And that's okay. So I really like that. Yeah. Turning any of your normal routines on their head in some way. Um, And even if you don't want it to be kinky, I like calling things something other than sex. So, you know, exploration, maybe, you know, and do it if you have the privacy for it, you do it in the living room in the middle of the day. And like, let's do some arm touching techniques or practice communication with a back rub. Um, Because as soon as you call something sex, then you initiate all of the expectations like, oh, okay, we're going to be in bed. We're going to be naked. There's going to be genitals. Maybe there's penetration and we're not done until everyone has an orgasm, right? So this whole script Mm -hmm. turns on. But if you don't call it sex, if you just say like, oh, I'd love to practice these communication techniques and all the same words work on a back rub, right? Harder, softer, faster, slower, left and right, equally applicable to Mm -hmm. a shoulder rub as to genital touch. And again, it's a little bit hopefully less fraught um, with something like a back rub that hopefully we have a little less, you know, ego wrapped up in. Mm -hmm. Definitely. On the topic of trying new things, um, how do we navigate the shame that can come up in things that we're interested in or we're embarrassed to share with our partner, new or old, whether it's like shame that we're interested in it or embarrassed that we've gone this long and haven't brought up that this other aspect is incredibly important into my sex life and we've never done it. So how do we navigate the shame that comes up with trying new things or that can come up? I think a big part of that is just making a space that is safe for that vulnerability, right? So having some conversation first where you basically like explain the basics of like, we're not going to yuck each other's yums right? It doesn't mean you have to do the things that the other person is into, but let's agree to hear them with like, thank you for sharing that with me. Like, I'm glad to know what you're into. I am never going to do that thing, but I am delighted to know that you're into it, you know, or there can be a (laughs) spectrum. Like, I'm not going to do that thing, but I'm open to hearing your fantasies or I'm open to reading erotica about it with you or watching porn of it with you. So you can sort of decide on the spectrum, you know, everything from I never want to hear about it again to I'm going to go buy the stuff and we're doing it tonight and all of the various steps in between. And it can be extra scary to say I've wanted this for decades and I've never mentioned it. And so, you know, without, Mm -hmm. I'm not suggesting game playing or being dishonest, but it is sometimes easier to start with something that feels lower stakes or less fraught. So, hey, there's this movie with Mm -hmm. a scene that I think is sexy. Can we watch it together and then talk about it? Or the scene in a book or, you know, find a podcast or a storytelling show where somebody else is talking about it. And maybe the first conversation can be about something external. Again, with the same caveat that a lot of people would say, oh, I would never yuck a partner's yums but they're constantly dropping comments about other people or other things. So if you're talking about, you know, actors' bodies on TV or, you know, whatever, there's, you know, a scene in a TV show with pegging and you make fun of it. Like, you don't know what your partner's into and hasn't mentioned, so you might be unintentionally shaming them. So I do think one of these Mm -hmm. just general as humans, it would be great if we were just never shaming anybody about anything both because Mm -hmm. that's the right thing to do and you never know who's listening and how it's affecting them. Um, But having some of those Mm -hmm. conversations be externalized can help. Um, Starting with things like, again, like yes, no, maybe lists or using um, erotica. I love using written erotica as a yes, no, maybe list because for some people just an item on a list is too abstract. You know, spanking, well, heck, I don't know. But then you read a story about it. You're like, oh, well, actually, if I'm like thrown over someone's lap and they do this and they do that, then it's hot. Um, So just going through an erotica anthology with, you know, color-coded sticky tabs um, and then having that conversation with a partner where, again, it's like it's a little bit external. You know, what what of these things would be hot to try rather than I've been longing for this my entire life? Like maybe that's the the second or third conversation. Mm -hmm. I really like the middle options that you gave because I've never really thought about that. Like obviously I've thought about, you know, no 
absolutely not. And then, yeah, let's do it. But I love that there is a middle or there's like all these different ways that you can approach it. It feels a lot more open and gives a lot more flexibility. Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering if you are the partner that is like if your partner is telling you, I'm really interested in this thing and your immediate thought is yuck or like, fuck, no, that freaks me out. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips for how to control those feelings so you don't shame your partner? Yeah. Um, so this is something that I actually recommend all the time when I'm training professionals. And I, I actually talk a little bit about in my first book, Tongue Tied. So when when folks are becoming, um, if they're going through a sex, sex therapy certification program, they do something called a SAR, Sexual Attitude Reassessment. And you basically spend two or three days being exposed to as much stuff as you can be exposed to in two or three days. So there's guest speakers, you're watching clips of porn. And the idea is, hopefully, you won't hear about a thing for the first time when a client tells you about it. So if you're going to have a yuck response, you've done it in a classroom, you've had time to process your feelings, maybe you've had an expert, you can ask questions about it. And then when the client says it, it's not news. Um, So I think you know, if you are interested in having a sex positive or kinky life, I think it's a great idea to do a little one of those yourself. You know, get on a website like FetLife, mm-hmm. click on the fetish list, and not all in one go, but like make a project of like <laughs> Google the top 100 fetishes, right? And so you'll at least, you've heard of all the things. And if you have a mm-hmm. yuck response, great. It's between you and Google. And and so you've had mm-hmm. just that first gut reaction, um, and then when a partner tells you, you can, again, say, like, I appreciate you being vulnerable and telling me, like, it's not really my cup of tea, but I'm glad you shared your interest with me. Um, again, you know, there are caveats to this. You know, if somebody's kink involves non-consensual stuff, you know, hurting people, hurting animals, like, that is a different conversation. I'm just responding here to mm-hmm. consensual stuff between adults or, you know, fantasy mm-hmm. characters, you know consenting werewolves, whatever. So, Because some of the fantasies do have to live in <laughs> fantasy land, right? You know, there are some things that it's always going to mm-hmm. be erotica or role play just because it's not possible or it's too dangerous or just a logistic nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing you can do, you know, if you really want to go head first into sex positive life, like do some of this research in advance, even into stuff that's not your jam. So you won't be surprised when you hear it. Um, and sometimes mm-hmm. if it's really a terrifying conversation, maybe you don't have it face to face and maybe say like, let's text about this, like text me a few things that you're into, or let's do an online yes, no, maybe list and send each other the results and, you know, give yourself a minute to process when you don't have to worry about your facial expressions. Um, I mean, that's mm-hmm. one of the benefits of all this technology we have right now. And oftentimes negotiating by text is is a really great option because also you just have more time to think about it. Not everyone is a fast processor. Mm-hmm. Um, so it gives you time to think about it. And, you know, one of the things we often say in the kink community is don't negotiate naked, which basically means like the, the more eminent the possibility of doing the thing is, the more likely you are to rush through the negotiation because you want to get to it. And also arousal is essentially a toxic intoxication, messes up your brain chemistry. And if you're turned on, you're basically not sober. Uh, So if you can text your negotiations, spend a week leading up to a date saying like, let's do these yes, no, maybe lists. Oh, okay. We're both interested in spanking. Well, what do we mean by that? Do we mean barehanded? Am I grabbing a wooden spoon out of the kitchen? Like, what are we talking about here? And then have all of your negotiations in advance when you have time to think about each response process whether or not you're into it, go watch a few YouTube videos, um, Mm -hmm. and then you're kind of ready to go when the date rolls around. Mm -hmm. I love leaving it up to you and Google first initially to figure out your initial like knee-jerk response to these things. Um, And I want to ask about when you're trying to explain maybe something you might be interested in to a partner, and they're not asking in like a, a like shame-based way, but they're like, well, why does that turn mm-hmm. you on? Do you have to explain yourself or should you feel like you have to know why certain kinks turn you on to want to explore them? Like, would that help? Does it hinder if you don't? 
What about that? And I don't think you have to do anything. I don't think you have to explain anything. Mm-hmm. I don't think you ever owe anybody an explanation about your interests. And and this is actually a very common mm-hmm. question I get from coaching clients when they're new to kink. Oftentimes folks feel like they need to know why they're into it, especially because there's so much toxic misinformation out there saying like, oh, well, you're only into this like if you've been traumatized, if you've been abused, what's wrong with you? And even some therapists give that kind of feedback, which is so harmful. So I do think people sometimes have this internalized shame and they're like, oh, I want to be spanked. What the heck's wrong with me? I need to figure that out. Um, So no, I absolutely don't Mm -hmm. think you need to figure it out or justify it. Sometimes stuff is just hot and we don't know why. And if you're willing to think about that a little bit, Sometimes it can bring your partner on board for something they didn't think they were into. Um, I had clients years ago and they wrote a testimonial, so this is fair game, but an individual came to me basically interested in pegging and wanting to know how to broach the topic with his partner. And then I think something like a year later came back with the partner and they'd had the conversation and she's like, I I just kind of don't get it. Like she wasn't necessarily not willing to do it just to be game, but it wasn't hot for her. And then we had the conversation in office about why it was hot. And he explained how vulnerable the idea made him feel and how he liked the idea of sharing that vulnerability with her and showing how much he trusted her. And after that conversation, she's like, oh, heck yeah. I want a piece of that. Like at first she just like saw the strap-ons and the dildos. She's like, ah, it just seems like it's a lot of stuff and it just seems kind of awkward and I don't get it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she heard the feelings piece and the why piece. And she's like, oh, yes, absolutely. Like, it is on. Mm -hmm. So if you were willing to have (laughs) that conversation, I think it can really help in some circumstances. Yeah, that would definitely help. If a partner came to me and told me their feelings behind why something turns it on, turns them on, that would turn Mm -hmm. me on. Well, and that's the thing Appeal for so many folks, first. they say their number one turn on is their partners being turned on. Um, but to mm-hmm. get that, sometimes we do need to see it, understand it, hear about it. I mean, it's a similar mm-hmm. thing that is sometimes the advice in, you know, non-monogamous relationships or, or polyamory. You know, we talk about compersion, this idea of being happy about our partner's happiness and sometimes that gets derailed. You know, a partner goes on a date and doesn't want to hurt your feelings. so They don't tell you anything about the date. And then you can't really be happy for them because they're not sharing that they're happy. But if they come home and be like, oh, I went on this date and like, I really felt like they liked me and it made me feel like sexy and exciting. And then you can be like, oh, that's great. I love you. And I'm so excited that you feel sexy and exciting. Yay. Right. So sometimes we mm-hmm. do need, you know, the why or the feeling or the something that brings us on board with it. In that same vein, what if you're somebody, I won't, you know, asking for a friend, um, what if you're somebody who tends to get defensive? And so if somebody asks you why you do take it as like a, they're shaming you or attacking you, like, what can you do to kind of settle yourself in that scenario? What are the next steps? Do you just kind of call it off and get back to it later? Mm-hmm. Well, you can always pause any conversation. I think it's a great idea just to have that as a basic sex and relationship ground rule that you can just always take a break. Um, and if you think, again, if you think the conversation might be fraught, I would definitely recommend, again, doing it over text, doing it in an exceptionally non-sexy environment, like out at a coffee shop, like outdoor seating, enough space from other people, like enough privacy to talk, but you know, not in your home, not near the bed, um, as much as you can do so that the the situation is just diffused. Um, and you can lay some ground rules about how the conversation is going to go. You can say, I want to tell you something that's kind of scary and vulnerable. And so here's my request. Maybe that request is hear me out to the end and tell you before you ask questions or hear me out until the end. Please don't ask questions today why don't you go and think about it, maybe Google it, you know, and then like, let's regroup (laughs) tomorrow. And if you still have questions, like ask me then, or please remember that this is scary for me. So if you have a question, here's, here's the way it would be easiest for me to hear that question. Um, And sometimes you do, you know, I love taking, um, you know, business communication and using it for, for relationships or sex. So using like the sandwich technique. So 
something positive, then the thing that's a little tricky, and then something else positive is like, wow, I'm so glad you trusted me enough to tell me about that. I would love to hear more about why that's hot for you. And I'm really just so pleased that we're having this conversation because, you know, whatever, I love you and I love this relationship and, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever is actually true. The compliments at each bend have to be true, right? We're not just placating somebody. You have to find a thing that's true um, and just sort of sandwiching the thing that might be harder to hear between those. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate how many times you've brought up being able to do it not face-to-face, queen of loving to do hard things over text, and um, just being like, love to hear your thoughts later at a different time when I'm not expecting them right in this moment. Let's talk later. <laughs> and putting it off a little bit. Or just, I, it's, a, it's nice to hear that these complicated or high-pressure conversations that maybe you're nervous about can be done in a way that, I don't know, you hear people all the time say like, oh, you can't do, you can't break up with them over text or you can't do this over text. It's like, yeah, but sometimes I want to. I mean, I think that <laughs> advice is made for a narrow swath of people, right? Some folks mm-hmm. are slow processors. Some folks just find vulnerability challenging. Huge number of folks are neurodivergent in a variety of ways and like trying to have these conversations and like keeping eye contact or minding their facial expressions is basically impossible. Um, And just a whole host of reasons why um, by text, any kind of not face-to-face, maybe not, you know, not at the same time, you know, you're each doing it in your own time. There's just a bunch of reasons that's easier and safer for a lot of folks. Um, So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I, I think... Now that we have the tools and the technology, you know, why why wouldn't we take advantage of that? Let, let's all take a page back out of middle mm-hmm. school or I don't know, y'all are younger than me. Maybe you did have texting in middle school, but like, you know, pass the note. Like, do you like me? Like, check yes or no. Right. And then you don't have to hear about it until the next period. Let's say you and your partner have now agreed to try something a little kinkier for the bedroom time. Um, is that sexy? Is that sexy? <laughs> that was job? the sexiest way I've ever heard time. it said. So, well, I, I try. Um, but this now isn't something you want to bring in every time you guys go into the bedroom. You really liked it that once. Mm-hmm. You think it's super hot occasionally, but you find that your partner is now bringing in like spanking or dirty talk every time you guys are having sex or in a moment and you just don't want it every time, but I want it sometimes. So I feel like that can get tricky because that can also come off like you don't know what you want or it's confusing. Mm -hmm. So navigating that conversation of like, I like it sometimes and not right now. And I wish you would stop. Yeah. And I think, again, this is sort of one of those many things that I would love to sort of derail by having had a check-in before. So you don't have to get to the point Mm. of saying, and I wish you would stop. Um, by all means, always say no to something as needed. And also, (laughs) Uh um, this is, I think, one of the things that can be valuable about healthy BDSM and a technique that even perfectly vanilla folks can bring in, which again, is removing the assumptions. We're not just assuming, oh, it's Friday night. And so we're going to have sex, which means we haven't asked about, are you in the mood for sex at all? And if so, what kind? Um, So just removing all of the routines, all of the assumptions. So you are negotiating it in advance. Like, and maybe it's, you know, a little in advance, maybe it's a lot in advance, but you know, maybe it's over coffee in the morning. Like, Hey babe, it's Friday night. Would you be interested in fooling around this evening? You know? And then if that's a yes, say like, I really loved the spanking last week. Do you want to try that again? Or would you prefer something else? And again, just removing the assumptions and, and talking about it in advance. And I also really like doing sort of a post play debriefing, not immediately after, you know, do your aftercare, get your afterglow, your snuggles, but in the next day or two, you know, maybe you did try something new. Maybe you did try spanking for the first time. Two days later, you talk about it and one person says, that is my new favorite thing. I want to do that every time. And that's when the other person can say, I really liked trying that with you. And I would love to do it some of the time, but not every time. So let's talk about it, you know, before the next time it comes up. Mm-hmm. Yes. That just made something click for me that I don't know why it's never clicked before. So I appreciate the way you put it. But like 
really talking about what you want every single time before you have sex or at least providing that opportunity for different kinds of sex. I don't know. It sounds very simple when I say it out of my mouth, <laughs> but out of your mouth, it sounded yeah. really good and very smart. So <laughs> I appreciate you sharing that. I'm glad it sounded that way. Um, if this were simple, none of us would have these jobs, right? Of course, it's right. not simple. Fair. You know, it's great to have a little sound bite, and it's something else entirely to actually integrate it into your life in a way that feels doable and feels good to everybody involved. Um, but this, again, this is sort of why I like, even for vanilla folks, you know, straight folks, whatever, sort of taking this page of like how BDSM works or how queer sex works, where if there isn't a sort of assumed routine and then you have to talk about it, right? So, okay, if, it, if we ha aren't in a relationship where we're assuming that sex means, you know, PIV, then we have to discuss it, right? Like, what body parts are we using? What toys are we using? What what does sex even mean? Maybe it just means we're making out with all our clothes on. Um, so for all of these folks where there isn't an assumed routine, so there has to be a conversation, um, I think it's helpful for everybody to sort of borrow some of those norms and some of those techniques. Um, because unfortunately, the sort of assumed path of sex doesn't work for everybody and certainly doesn't work every time. And this is something else that I've dealt with with a lot of clients. You know, I might have couples who have been having fantastic, you know, PIV, straight vanilla sex for decades. And then that gets tricky for any of a number of reasons. You know, maybe somebody's erections aren't as reliable as they used to be, or somebody's not lubricating as much as they used to. And sex only ever meant that one thing. And then they come to my office and they say, well, we can't have sex anymore. And I say, well, what do you mean by sex? And they look at me like that's the dumbest question they've ever heard. <laughs> but then we talk about it and it's like, well, is that, do you mean oral sex? Do you mean with hands? Do you mean with toys? Are you using lube? You know, and we have all these conversations. They're like, oh. And people really don't know that sex is more than that one thing. And again, why would they? We're not taught this in school. Most media shows a very narrow view of what sex is. You know, doctors, therapists, even, you know, gynecologists, urologists aren't having these conversations. So why would people know that? Um, but even if you have sort of this certain kind of sex that's your favorite, it is helpful to think about what else could sex be so that if for any reason our usual is off the table on a particular evening or maybe forever going forward, um, you still get to have intimacy and pleasure and closeness. Mm -hmm. The more I've explored what intimacy and sex means to me, yes, the like definitely the wider and the more fun it has become to like talk about it before and be like, I just want to make out so hard for like 15 minutes and that's going to be the hottest thing I do this week and then I want to stop and move on. Um, so, but talking and I've asked different partners too, like, okay, what does sex mean to you? Do you, Does this include... Like hands, does it include mouth? And it's so interesting to see different perspectives and how everyone is kind of on their own. Ooh, even the bases, when we try to like all get on the same page about what the different bases mean, that is like the easiest question to ask of uh, someone that's like more of a friend and less of a partner of like where they see sex and like how they see it fall. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's so interesting. Everyone. I love doing this in classes <laughs> um, if there's enough time, you know, Again, I sort of do the, like, what is sex? And they look at me like, why have I walked into this remedial class? And then I have them break up into groups to come <laughs> up with an answer. And it takes forever. And then the groups share their answers. And they're all different. And then everyone gets that, like, oh. And it's kind of one of those things where you mm -hmm. have to go through it, try to think of your answer, try to have the conversation before you actually realize, like, oh, gosh, actually, maybe a lot of my assumptions are wrong like does it include penetration does it include nudity does it include orgasm you know and and it, it thinks it, it you might think it's obvious before you really dig into it and then you might not even agree with yourself about the definition right. mm -hmm. it's like the more intentional and expansive we get the more opportunity there is for pleasure and fun absolutely weird weird <laughs> Weird. So weird. 
Are do you have any tips for making these conversations more fun and not feel mm. so heavy and serious, which I have a tendency to do in conversations? Yeah. Um <laughs> Well, I think, you know, if you're starting the process of having more of these conversations, I think it is important that you don't do too much at once, you're taking plenty of breaks, and you're remembering why you're doing it. So once you take on this project of like, oh, we're going to do this work, and we're going to, you know, revamp our sex life and revamp our communication, and then suddenly every interaction is about that, that can get terrible. So I would also say you have to schedule a lot of stuff that's really fun also to remember why the heck you're in the relationship, why the heck you want to change your sex life. And it's usually because a lot is already good. That's the thing I think we forget. It's not everything is terrible and so I want it to change. No, because if everything was just terrible, you would leave. Usually it's I really like you and I really like a lot of what we're doing and therefore I think it could be even better. So let's work on that project together like let's you know the varsity level stuff we're going to level up because so much already is good and the dynamic is so good that I think we could do this next thing together um, and yeah and within that also schedule other stuff like we're going to talk about this for 30 minutes and then we're going to go do whatever our favorite thing is you know we're going to go axe throwing we're going to watch a movie whatever it doesn't matter what it is just the thing that y'all think is fun a thing that's going to make you laugh you know, something that yeah is together and is all of that other kind of intimacy. Um, so keeping enough of that in the mix that you remember why you're doing the stuff that does feel a little bit harder and heavier. Mm -hmm. Like our reward system that we made up, Cass, mm -hmm. when we do parts of our work, <laughs> we get $5. <laughs> and that's really important to us. <laughs> Whether that means just coffee or tea, but we can use that $5 however we want. Mm -hmm. And so... I appreciate being intentional of your conversations, intentionally making it fun and rewarding yourself for even just sitting there and having mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And, you know, setting yourselves up for success with the conversation, right? So we're not ambushing anybody with heavy conversations. We're saying like, hey, I would love to have a chat about sex stuff. Like what would be a good time for that? Do you want to do that over dinner tonight, over coffee tomorrow? You know, so someone can, again, get in that sort of mindset and none of the like, oh, we need to talk, like, like do yeah. all of the like, I would like to talk about this and it's nothing bad. Like, I just heard about this exciting thing and I would love to share it with you, you know, when you're up for a sex talk, you know, there's going to be something good at the end, I promise. Like, can we talk mm -hmm. about that tomorrow <laughs> night? You know, and, and again, and framing it with like, let's just do it for this amount of time and, and it's fun and I'm excited. Um you know, or, mm -hmm. or framing it as sort of homework where it's like, okay, well, each week, you know, over coffee one day, we're each going to bring a new thing that we thought of or a new thing that we found. And, you know, let me show you this Tumblr post of, wow, this kink I never even heard of, but like, let's look at this. Um, and sometimes it's helpful actually to have it be a thing that neither of you is interested in on the face of it, but then you could sort of look at it and be like, okay, well, what do people what is hot about this? And again, you might find the like, okay, well, I'm not into the, you know, whatever I used werewolves as an example before. Like, huh, it's never occurred to me that, you know, I want to have sex with a werewolf, but a lot of people do. So what is that all about? And think about like, okay, is it like, there's some power? Is there control? Is there something about this like overwhelming strength about being swept away with something and sort of do it as a little academic project? Like, what are people finding hot about this? And then you might accidentally find some of these elements of like, oh, I get this idea of being like swept away by something, you know, or the like, maybe it's like the romance novel cover of, you know, with the bodice ripping and the like, oh, I can see how that intensity is hot, even if, you know, whatever non-consensual creepiness here is not doing it for me, but I can understand in theory how like that kind of intensity maybe is a turn on. And then you, again, are talking about things in the abstract a little bit in a way that is safer at first. But then if you find something juicy mm -hmm. like that that you both latch on to, you're like, oh, okay. Well, how could we play with that, you know, in a logistical, you know, a logistically possible way? Like, we don't <laughs> want to ruin our clothes. Yeah. We don't know any werewolves. But, mm -hmm. you know, what if we did try something a little bit rough? One of us is pinning the other down. Or maybe there is a little bit of, you know, bondage or dirty talk or role play or, you know, however you want to approach it. But you can find these outside things and then, like 
how do we just bring in the spark of that? Mm -hmm. And when you are trying a little bit rougher sex for the first time, whether that's like light choking or spanking or what have you, what is important to do in terms of research Mm -hmm. before you're just jumping into the bedroom and both of you like excited to try? Is there more that we should be looking into <laughs> before we? Yeah, do well, that? I definitely d- don't think that choking should be your, your the first thing that you try. Please <laughs> <laughs> take an entire class on on how to do that safely yeah. and not kill your partner because that's definitely a, a, yeah. a riskier edge play kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I say pick one thing, so don't combine too many new things at once. Um, and again, have the conversation about what's hot about it. And unpack some of the language because this, again, is where I've seen clients get into trouble because some person will say something like, well, I want you to be aggressive with me or I want you to be violent. And the other person really latches onto that word and is like, ack, no, I I don't want to be violent or I've spent my whole life hearing that's bad. Um, Or they'll think, you know, imagine some schoolyard bully like, oh, I want you to pull my hair. And they're imagining like yanking the end of a pigtail like, well, that's going to suck. Why would I do that? Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, picking a really concrete example and, and yeah, doing some research about how to do it. Like, is there a class, you know, mm-hmm. we can watch about this? Is there some YouTube explainer? Can we read an article about it? Um, and make sure we, you know, read an erotica story about it um, and get an idea of like, what is this one thing? Like, how could we add this one thing? Like the hair pulling example, you know, okay, well, oh, okay, if you put your fingers like at the base of my skull and then make a fist and so you're pulling it like really close to the scalp and enough hair at once, like, oh, that actually feels really different than having the end of a pigtail yanked. Um, And letting the first time be like, we're going to experiment, we're going to fool around out of the bedroom, figure out what the heck we mean by this. And then when we've got a handle on it, bring that move into the bedroom you know, or I'm just going to, you know, pin you down by the shoulders or by your wrists, like just adding one little thing, one little zing of the flavor and then do the post play debriefing. Like, did, did we like that? Mm-hmm. Um, or think about the really, like, what's the smallest version of this we could try? You know, what is the little like ice cream taster spoon version of spanking that you could do? Um, so, you know, like a couple of really light pats with a bare hand, you know, or could you do sort of your like your tasting session of like, okay, I'm going to do a couple pats with my hand. Maybe we'll try a little hair pulling, maybe a little fingernail scratching, you know, and then let's launch into the tried and true stuff that we know works. And then we'll talk about it later and like, okay, did we like any of those enough to try a little bit more next time? Uh, but not expecting just to go from, from zero to you know, some sort of porn-tastic scene because it doesn't work like that. It doesn't even work like that in porn, right? Because they're getting direction and there's editing and, you know, there is negotiation behind the scenes. Um, so it, it doesn't have to look like that. Mm-hmm. What if you try it, you're in it, you did it, and you really didn't like it? Mm-hmm. But maybe your partner did, maybe they didn't, and you really don't want to like hurt their feelings or, you know, kind of limit the progress that you guys have made by communicating and trying new things. Like, how do you say, I really fucking hated that without hurting somebody's feelings in case they really did like it? Yeah. Um, so I think, again, some of the it is the mindset going into it where this is an experiment. Not liking something isn't a failure. Right. If it's an experiment, then there's no way to fail at it because you have gained information. Right. You've mixed two chemicals together and you're trying to see what happens. Did they explode? Did they not explode? Both outcomes are a win because now you know what these two things do when you mix them together. Right. So if you tried spanking, one of you really liked it, the other one really didn't. Great. Now you have information. And now you need to dig into that to figure out what to do with the information. So the person who really liked the spanking, what did you like about it? Was it the power dynamics involved? Was it something to do with the physical sensation? You know, really dig into that. What was hot about this for the person who didn't like it? What didn't you like about it? You know, was it too stingy, too thuddy? Was the bent over position uncomfortable for your back? Did you not like that we weren't making eye contact? Again, really dig into it because in anything like that, there's going to be 
dozens, if not hundreds of variables. And again, going into it with this mindset, like you said at the beginning of curiosity or treating it like a science experiment where you are really trying to test one variable at a time, but that's almost impossible to do with sex, right? So if you're trying a spanking, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, what physical position were you in and how hard were you being spanked and what were you being spanked with and how tired were you going into it? And like, did the dog or the kid or the neighbor make a noise that distracted you, right? So if you can really think like what in fact were all of the variables, do you just hate spanking? Fine, great, never do it again. But if it turns out like, oh, actually what I didn't like was being bent over in that position hurt my back, or I couldn't see your face while you were doing it and that made it feel disconnected, then maybe there's like, okay, well, the next time we try it, are we trying a different variable? Um, Which is why I like baby stepping into it. So you are sort of trying as few things at a time as possible so you can actually figure out what you like and what you don't like. And I never want anyone to like do more of something that they hate or that is harming them in some way. And if you are up for it, it can be helpful to try a new thing under a few different circumstances, right? So for example, our pain tolerance is different, you know, at different times of the month and based on other circumstances, like how tired we are, how stressed we are. Um, So it's possible if you tried you know, being on the receiving end of a spanking after a really stressful day at work, you might not have liked it very much. But if you tried it after a week of a vacation on a beach, it might be a very different experience. Um, So if it is something that you are genuinely interested in being able to add to your repertoire, can you try it under different circumstances? Can you try it with different variables? Um, But again, it helps if you're coming into it with this very like, nerdy, curious, you know, scientific outlook. And it's not, um, it's not, uh, about the relationship. It's not about the intimacy or the dynamic of the relationship. It's we already work so well that we have the space to do this stuff. So like, let's play around and see what works and what we might want to add. Not, oh, I didn't enjoy the spanking and therefore our sex life is over and we can never try anything else again. (laughs) Mm-hmm. the not as logical jump it's like eating at a new restaurant mm-hmm. like if you didn't like it mm-hmm. that's okay yeah it wasn't a failure does that just mean like you it. don't like food after all or you don't like like oh this <laughs> right. bowl of pasta was bad i guess i like italian food don't like italian food and i will never try it again right so again it's like the variables was it this restaurant mm-hmm. or was it just this dish you know was the mm-hmm. chef having an off night who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. My favorite takeaway in this whole episode has been great. So that's saying a lot, but is that we're working to define what different aspects mean to you. I think that is, that was huge flip switch for me in terms of communication of like going into a conversation and wanting, seeking like definitions and what other people consider spanking fast, slow, all those things. I think that will be a huge takeaway for me mm-hmm. moving forward into sex if I ever have it again. <laughs> One day. What? Is there any self counts too? It doesn't need to be anybody else involved. It does. I do I do uh boost myself up sometimes. I'm like, it's been so long. I'm like, actually I had sex last night and then I say that to myself and I feel a little bit better and move on. But anyway. <laughs> Cass, do you have any other questions that you were working off of? No. Is there anything we didn't touch on that you wanted to make sure we do before we close out? You know, I didn't show up with an agenda. So um, these were fantastic (laughs) questions. I really love where this conversation went. And yeah, looking forward to hearing the whole thing put together. Us too. Where can our listeners continue connecting with you, your resources, all of that after the episode? Sure. Uh, My website is StellaHarris.net. So that'll be sort of the most direct way to find me. Um, I'm also, I'm out there on most of the social media. I'm very Googleable for for better or worse. So most hits for Stella Harris will be me. Uh, occasionally there's a tennis player. That's definitely not me. Um, but you can find me on all of the social media. And, you know, I've got my links up on social media and, and on my website. You can find upcoming classes, free resources, lots of writing on my website and and for various websites that I've written for. Um, 
so yeah, and I've got some fun stuff coming up. Uh, you can find on my website and in my link tree and social media, depending on exactly when this comes out, there's always stuff coming up. So that'll be the best way to, to find the, the newest stuff that's coming out. Amazing. And I have, you know, books Amazing. if you're into that kind of thing. I've written a couple of those. So they're on my website too. <laughs> okay. Um, donkey. Is that good? Heavy on the Scottish. Donkey. No. It's, um, no, I won't do it. Um, but that was rude of you to leave me hanging, (laughs) but you did fine. Whatever. Um, six out of 10, six out of 10. I, my sister is really good at impressions and out of nowhere, I was like, Oh, I could really use one of those. (laughs) And so I like Snapchatted her the other day. I was like, just, could you give me some Shrek? (laughs) So Shrek has been like weaving its threads through your life lately. I feel like that's something I should look into. Like, yeah. why is it such a big part of my life right now? Huh. I don't know. But she know. did a really good job. She's also good at Yzma, Remembers New oh, Groove, okay. and The Grinch. Nice. Those are good so, ones. Shout out, hey. Something um, for each holiday. <laughs> yeah, she's a real character each family gathering. Thank you so much, Stella, for being on the podcast today and giving us tips about how to communicate better what we want and what we need. And thank you to our listeners for hanging out in Kink Week month. <laughs> kank Week. Kank Week. Um, in our Kankle month. You can head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify to um, rate, review, and subscribe to Honey Do Me if you want to leave a written review. I don't know what sure. emoji. <laughs> if you want to um, leave a written review, Sure. Go off. Do it. Pop off, queen. Uh, The mouth, not the lips. The mouth. The mouth, not the lips. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) In particular, (laughs) I know what I want and I'm going to tell you. Because you're a good communicator. And -hmm. Stella, God, I'm telling you exactly what I want and I know how to ask for it. You're incredible. Um, So Emma's actually going to be leading the next episode. (laughs) And we're really, really excited about it. I've just just been waiting for you to ask. I don't know. I've been ready. Two years. I've been ready. But I was waiting for you to get on board and kind of bring it to me because I also like to be wanted. Well, you don't want to seem desperate. No. Because you're not. Because I'm not. I'm fine. You need me. I'm great. (laughs) And healthy. And And I'm healthy as a horse. (laughs) I meant mentally, but yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to hoof it out of here, and we will see you next week for a little more kinky fun. Hell yeah. Toodles. Bye.